I can totally sing like that. <laughs> when I'm in the shower, y'all, can, you can sing like that in the shower too, can't you? I, like all morning long, like when she's finished with that song, I've, I've been like, y'all, just go home. Oh my, did you enjoy that? Because I, 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 wow, amazing. Um, one of the things that fascinates me about people that, quote, make it big in the world is most of them had no idea they were going to make it big. It just, it, they, they started small and something just happened. Like, they had no idea. Like, like for example, these guys. Chip, and how, how many of you know who this is? How many, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but they had no idea. They had no idea. The first time I heard about Chip and Joanna, I kept hearing about Chip and Joanna, Chip and Joanna. I thought it was a Ben and Jerry's flavor. Um, and I really did. I was like, yes, because I love Ben and Jerry's. I know Paul's. Some people are like, I protest Ben and Jerry's. because I Listen, then, then sucks to be you because they make incredible ice cream. That's all I'm saying. So, but I, I've, I've found out about Chip and Joanna, and I went back and did a little research on them. Do you know this was never their plan? To have like, to be known worldwide? I mean, they were, he worked at Firestone and then they flipped a house. Like, that's not, that's not the, the plan that they had. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, they're a household name. But they had no idea when they first started that all this stuff was going to happen to them. Or how about, how about Oprah? Now, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I love Oprah. Don't be hating on Oprah around me. And for those of you that do hate on Oprah, here's what you need to know. She could buy you. Not your stuff, you. That's what, I mean, but, but she had no idea when she first started as a news reporter that one day she was going to have a talk show. I remember watching her talk show. As a, I mean, I would come home as a kid and watch her talk show, and it was good. Here's the thing. She was nice to people, and now if Oprah says, go buy it, everybody goes and buys it. Can you imagine Oprah and Chip and Joanna teaming up? They, they could rule the world, right? But, but she had no idea. When she first started... In the, in the news industry, she had no idea that this was going to happen. Now, there's somebody else that had no idea, and we don't have her picture. We just have her name. Her name is Mary. I love that song as Shannon is singing. In fact, the very first time I heard it, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? I remember thinking, no. Mary didn't know. Mary had no idea. She lived in a town called Nazareth. We'll talk about that in a little while. She, that, that people thought it was a forgotten place full of forgotten people. She had no idea that one day children, schools, orphanages, hospitals would be named after her, that she would be known all across the world as the mother of Jesus. She had no idea. And you know who else doesn't have an idea about what God wants to do in and through them? You. We can look at Chip and Joanna and go, yeah, they had no idea. Oprah, yeah, she had no idea. Mary, yeah, she had no idea. But when it comes to us, we're like, eh, I don't know. So if you're here today or if you're watching online, the one thing I want everybody to walk away with today is this. You have no idea about the immeasurably more the Lord wants to do in and through you. That God has an unbelievable plan for your life, something he wants to accomplish in you and through you, and you have it. No idea how amazing it is. Now, in order to kind of set this up, we're going to go. All, we're going to talk about the Christmas story, and I think one of the. I mean, the Christmas story is awesome, but I think one of the bad things about the Christmas story is the more of a church background that we have, the more we lose the mystery and the awe and the wonder of what actually took place. So, I'm going to point out some stuff in the Christmas story 
um, today that I've just noticed for the very first time, and I've been reading it all my life, but there's some cool stuff. We're, we're told about um, the story of Christmas by Matthew and Luke in two of the four Gospels. And Matthew's where we get the, the Magi and stuff, and Luke's where we get the story. By the way, just, just for the record, nowhere in the Christmas story is the little drummer boy ever in the picture. Because if you're a mama with a baby, the last thing you want is some crazy kid with a drum banging it in a barn. So the, the little drummer boy is satanic. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> I'm just made, sorry. It's last service. It's most unfiltered. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, of Elizabeth's pregnancy. I want to pause real quick. Elizabeth was an older lady, like much older. We don't know how old, but she was so old that people said she couldn't have a baby, but God wasn't done with her, which is just, by the way, if you're not dead, God's not done. And God did something in her that nobody else thought that could happen in her. And then the boy that she gave birth to was John the Baptist, who went on to do some pretty incredible things, and that was for free. That's not even part of the sermon. Just wanted you to know. It's kind of cool that Elizabeth had a baby. God sent the angel... Gabriel to Nazareth. Now, let's, let's talk about that for a second because we kind of skip over it. I believe, and I could, be, I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'm sure somebody on the internet will tell me. Um, I believe there's three named angels in the scriptures. There's, there's Gabriel. There's this guy. There's, and I've, I know people that name their kid Gabriel. That's a cool name. It's a strong name, right? And then there's Michael. A lot of people named, I've heard of guys, you name Michael, it's a cool name, strong name. Um, and then there's Lucifer. You should not name your child Lucifer, all right? Just kind of throw that, if you did, I mean, it's on you, welcome to church. But there's three named angels. So God sent a named angel, which is kind of cool, to Nazareth. Now, Nazareth was, and by the way, is a hick town. Nazareth was a town... It, it, was a, it was a forgotten town full of forgotten people. It was a forgotten town full of forgotten people. Yet God sent an angel there. Now, here's what's amazing. There are people in this room, and there's people watching online, you feel completely forgotten by God. And I understand. Because if I'd gone through what you've gone through over the past several weeks or months or years, maybe I would feel forgotten by God as well. And you say, God doesn't know me. God doesn't know what's going on in my life. God doesn't pay any attention to me. My question is this, then why are you here listening to this message? If God had written you off, is it coincidence? Or is it God's, why, why is today the day that you decided to watch online? Could it be that God has, could it be that God has actually not forgotten you? See, the fact that, the fact that this is happening in Nazareth is amazing because the Na Nazareth was the place that everybody forgot about. Maybe you feel like you're the person that everybody forgot about. Jesus being born in Nazareth in Israel will be equivalent to maybe today in the United States, let's say the Messiah was going to be born um, this year in the United States. And we would think, oh, he's going to be born in New York or Los Angeles or Miami or Chicago or Dallas. And the scripture would say, um, and, the, and, and, and Jesus, our God, sent the angel Gabriel to Belton. All right? That, I mean, that's, that's a, no, what? Belton? That, that's what this is like. A village in Galilee to a virgin, that's going to come back into play in a little while, hold on to that thought, named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, 
Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Have you ever gone out of your way to get somebody's attention? I have. In the eighth grade, I had a crush on a girl named Tanya Edelman. You remember, you remember Tanya Edelman? You, remember, you don't remember her? She don't remember me either. Um, I went to high school with her. Anyway, um, this is my friend. Uh, Tanya, Tanya, in the eighth grade, she was hot, eighth grade hot, okay? Just think eighth, eighth grade hot. And I had a crush on her, so I wanted to get her attention. So at Easley Junior High School, I know they don't call it that anymore, but when I was there, that's what they called it. So you could send a rose to a girl on Valentine's Day. And I was like, this is my chance. I'm going to let her know. I'm going to let her know. I'm going to get her attention. So I got a rose, and um, I know every rose has its thorn. But, hey, there you go. But, but I, I signed my, I didn't say from a secret admirer. I was like, nah, from Perry. I saw my name real big. I wanted her to know because I wanted to get her attention because I wanted to let her know that I had a crush on her. She got the rose after sixth period. I remember she was walking down the hallway. She was walking this way, and I ran because I didn't know what to do. Like, I'm like, yeah. So I, she, now, she talked to me four years later when we were in the 12th grade. That's the next time she spoke to me. But I wanted to get her attention. And all of us in this room know what it's like to go out of your way to get somebody's attention. Did you know that God goes out of his way to get our attention? I don't know. Like, I've had some people go, well, I've never seen God. Have you seen a sunset? It's different every night. Absolutely. God gets my attention through sunsets. God gets my attention through a baby's laugh because when I hear a baby laugh and I hear that joy, God reminds me that that's the joy he wants for me and that's the joy he wants for you. That's the joy he wants for all his children. God definitely wants our attention. Now, if you're from a religious background, that scares you. And the reason it scares you is because when you hear God wants to get your attention, you think in the language of the late, great Johnny Cash that God wants to cut you down, like God's going to get you. In fact, I had somebody this week tell me, like literally face-to-face, God's going to get you. I was like, well, I'm 48 years old, and I hadn't been gotten yet. So if he wants to get me, he can get me because everybody knows where I live, and everybody knows my schedule. So, I mean, if he wanted, if he, let me, let me make you a promise. If God wanted to get you, you would have been gotten. I promise. The thing I want to point out in this story is the reason that God wants to get your attention is this. God shows up to build us up, not to tear us down. And if God's trying to get your attention, he's trying to get your attention because he wants to build you up. He doesn't want to tear you down. He doesn't want to rip you a new one. He doesn't want to rip you apart. God wants to build you up. By the way, the people that walk with Jesus the most closely, those are the people that want to build you up. If somebody's always tearing you down in the name of Jesus, they're not really associated with Jesus because the Jesus I see in Scripture walks into funerals and turns them into parties. He walks into parties where there's no wine, and he brings the wine. He shows up, and there's no food, and he brings the food. He's calling dead things back to life, and that's who Jesus is, and that's what Jesus does. And I wish somebody would get excited about the fact that Jesus has a plan for their lives. Come on, y'all can clap for the boys in spandex yesterday. We can get excited in church. It's all right. I, I just filtered that thought, and you should be so thankful. God is working. All right, here we go. So God shows up to build us up, not to tear us down. Now, we said this last week because we've had people say this. Oh, if God would just show up. And I could see him visibly, and I could hear him audibly. 
I would do everything he said. But you wouldn't. Remember Moses didn't last week? Moses pushed back. You would think if an angel, if you went home today and if Gabriel's in your bedroom going, greetings, you'd be like, all right, that's cool. Whatever you want, God. But, but the Bible says confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What would you say your name was? Gabriel. Got it. Gabriel. I'm what? I'm favored? Nah. You got the wrong girl. You got the wrong girl. And, and the reason that Mary was confused and disturbed is very simple. She didn't see in her what God saw in her. And when I talk about God having a plan for your life and God wanting to do great things, the reason some of you are having a hard time believing that today is because you can't see you the way God sees you. It's, it's kind of like this. Some of y'all that are OCD, like me, I'm not, I'm not picking on you, I'm one of you. You've been wondering the whole time. The reason you haven't been paying attention to the message because you're like, what did he bring out in that case? How many of you been wondering what's in the case? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, a few honest people, right? Some of y'all are like, is it an assault rifle? I mean, it's the South, so you could get away with that. If it was out West, they get mad, but they're all smoking weed, so don't judge me. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, watching from Colorado, glad you're online today. Glad you got out of bed today. But this, this is an instrument. This is a, this is a, somebody said it, what is it? Saxophone, yeah, it's, um, it's complex. The saxophone is complex, it's, it's beautiful, it's value, it, it has a lot of value. Would you agree? In fact, I'll tell you, I got, I did price tag, price tag says um, $1,830. This is technically a tenor sax, and, um, and you can, you can look at it and tell that it's complex, it's, it's got to be, it's whoever designed this had a lot of time on his or her hands. I didn't even do the research. I guess I could have Googled it and figured it out, but um, it, it's, it's got value. You can look at it and tell it's an instrument. There's all kind of keys. There's all kind of keys on a saxophone. You could, this key, and you can, you can do all sorts of things with it, and, and you can tell it was designed, right? Like nobody in this room, nobody watching online is like, hey, I know how it came to be. Somebody threw a bunch of spare parts in a dryer, cut it on for 1.2 billion years, came back, and then this is what they got. No, design implies a designer, right? Yes or no? You are way more perfectly designed than this saxophone. Why, Why would you say that this instrument has value and you have no value? Why would you admire the beauty here and not admire the beauty that was in the mirror this morning when you looked in the mirror. See, it's funny. We can see the value in other things, but we can't see the value in ourselves. And at the end of the day, you and I were all created on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. We are an instrument with design and value that God has a plan for. And when we hear that, just like Mary, we get confused and disturbed because we can see the value in other people and we can see the value in other things, but we can't see the value in ourselves. I'll just kind of 
close this put that down case here and then real gentle with this because I didn't buy it I rented it so I got to take it back and sign my name so I'm responsible awesome so Mary's confused she's disturbed so Gabriel explains it to her he says don't be afraid Mary for you have found favor with God you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. This is like good news because the nation of Israel had been waiting on the Messiah for hundreds, even about over a thousand years. And finally, here the angel shows up and says, Mary, Good news, the Messiah is going to be born and the Messiah is going to come through you. In other words, Mary, you are going to be the instrument, the instrument that God is going to use to bring about something greater than you could ever imagine. Every single person here today, every single person online, you are the instrument that God wants to work in and through to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask for or imagine, and you hear that, and I know you push back. Because when I first heard it, I pushed back. In fact, Mary pushed back. Mary had a very simple but important question. We've, if you come from a religious background, you've been told don't question God. No, you shouldn't ask God. Don't question God. You know why people tell you you shouldn't question God? Because they can't handle your question. God can handle it. God's not in heaven when you ask your question going, oh, my, me. <laughs> That'll hit you later. You can think about it after lunch. I don't know. I don't know. Michael, Gabriel, assemble the council. Like, we, we, we got to figure this out. This, this, but, but Mary had a question. It was legit. No Bible scholar faults her for asking this. Well, the... Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. Legit question, right? Okay, God, I'm, I, the whole baby Messiah thing, that's awesome. But I'm a virgin. How's that going? Now, we came a long way in 2,000 years. I was thinking about this the other day. We came, we came a long way in, in the past 30 or 40 years. I called somebody the other day on a landline. I was like, I didn't think anybody had a landline, right? But they lived in Seneca, so you can't, I mean, you know, Seneca. So they probably have landlines up there, but I, 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 they had a landline. I, was, I started thinking about how we've evolved. Like, we had landlines, and then we had pagers. You remember the pager? And, and so you're driving down the road, and somebody paged you, and all of a sudden you had to pull over to the side of and you had to find the payphone. Payphone. We were walking by a payphone, and my daughter looked at what She said, Daddy, what's that? I said, it's a dinosaur, baby. Keep going. And so we just kind of kept going past the payphone, kind of kept, <laughs> just kept moving. And then we got cell phones, and then we got caller ID on cell phones. Oh, my God, I'm thankful for caller ID, aren't you? Bleep. You sent me to voicemail. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Next time I'm blocking you. Don't call me anymore. But we've came a long way. But, but, but some things haven't changed. 2,000 years ago, they knew where babies came from. They had figured it out. 
Remember how old you were when you found out where babies came from? Oh, let's make it real uncomfortable in the room. Because I was in the fifth grade. Now, don't look at me like you're shocked. We didn't have Google or the Internet or anything like that. We had rumors. In fifth grade, Meatball told me where babies came from. His real name was Vincent, but everybody called him Meatball. He's like, you know what your mama and daddy did, don't you? I was like, no. He told me what they did. I was like, my mama and daddy did not. That's the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. And I went home and asked them about it. They said they did it once. Anyway, I, I, that's how. <laughs> but, but would you admit this is a legitimate question? Okay, the baby thing, got, just got a question. I'm a ver- because nobody, do you think anybody's going to buy this story? No. If you go to work tomorrow and Sally comes in and Sally goes, um, I, I got an announcement, I'm pregnant. And you go, oh, my gosh, I didn't know you were seeing anybody, Sally. And she goes, you know, um, I, I wasn't seeing anybody. It's, it's the Son of God. None of you are going to go, oh, my God, Sally, that is amazing. You're going to go, Sally, you're fired. You're, 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 you're abusing drugs. But here's the thing, and don't miss this. When God speaks what he wants to do in and through you, it's going to seem impossible. It's going to seem absolutely impossible. In fact, if God doesn't get involved, it is impossible. If it doesn't require a step of faith, if you don't look at what God's called you to and say, I don't know how that's going to happen, it's probably not God. God is calling us to do the impossible so the result will be a miracle. So at the end of the day, only God gets the glory, but we get the joy. I... Thank you. I pay somebody $5. If somebody don't clap, they just start clapping. And I, that's a rumor. Y'all can just let that go. There's plenty of those. Watch this. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. Holy Spirit. Do you know how many people are scared to talk about the Holy Spirit? It's, it's crazy. Now, if you're from a church background, I get this. I grew up in a Wesleyan church, and Wesleyans, the Wesleyan church I went to, we didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. We just didn't talk about it. Just, didn't, just don't talk about it. Then I went to a charismatic church with my friend in high school. Now, we'll forget, first time in charismatic church, I'm in there. There's about 40 people. Everybody had a tambourine. And, and so I'm making this up. It's like, here's your tambourine. Woohoo! Ribbons. And uh, oh, some of y'all have been. Some of y'all have been. Some of y'all have been. And, and so in the middle of the service, everything got quiet, and this woman stood up, and she said something that I didn't understand. And everybody got quiet, like this right here. And, then, and it was totally quiet. And I looked at my friend, and I said, what'd she say? <laughs> He's like, shh, spirit's moving. I was like, I don't know. I, what did she, I didn't understand her. He said, wait for it. So I waited for it. And then it happened. The woman next to her stood up and said, I am the Lord. I was like, whoa, she's the Lord? Lord's old. I didn't think the Lord was that old. Anyway, so he's like, no, no. So he explained what was going on there. And so it's kind of like the Wesleyan church didn't talk about the Holy Spirit at all. The charismatic church, that's all they talked about, the one I went to. And then I went to a Baptist church. The Baptists treat the Holy Spirit like we treat crazy Uncle Eddie at Thanksgiving and Christmas. He shows up, you put him in the corner, give him a Coors Light, and hope he don't talk. I don't, that's horrible. I don't know if the Holy Spirit would drink Coors Light 
Probably not. He wouldn't drink light beer. Anyway, the, the Holy Spirit is in the corner, and you don't really talk about him. But, but the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not confusing. God never meant for the Holy Spirit to be confusing. This is how I'm going to define the Holy Spirit. It's the best way I've discovered in reading the scriptures. The Holy Spirit is the breath of God that comes into us at the moment of salvation. And you know what the breath does? The breath enables the instrument to be heard. It's like, this is who we are. And we're beautiful and we're designed. And there's, this, I mean, there's all that. But you know what? You know what this instrument can accomplish on its own? Nothing. It can look good. That's it. But if breath enters the instrument, it can make a noise. It's just breath. See, you, you, will, you will never become who God's created you to become on your own. It takes the breath of God. And the breath of God is the Holy Spirit that enters into us at the moment of salvation. So it's really not that confusing. It's just the breath, breath of God. Some of you are like, aren't you going to play? That's all I got. That's all I got. I rented a saxophone. My God, what do you expect, all right? Gracious. So, so the angel tells Mary, Holy Spirit's going to be involved. Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and the baby will be born, will be holy, and he'll be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was married. Remember we talked about that last week? They say you can't have a baby. And they say God's done with you. And they say you're over. But God said, no, you have a baby. It's going to be John the Baptist, and he's going to raise Cain around here, all right? So people used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail, Mary. Never. In other words, what he described here with the Holy Spirit, and when I talk about God wanting to do a work in you, we live in an instantaneous society where we get everything that we want automatically. My God, Amazon has changed the world. We get it immediately, right? One like that. Let me just ask a question. This is an easy question. It's a yes, no question. You don't even really have to think about it. There's, there's going to be none of this. It's, it's, it's a hands up or hands down. Ladies, how many of you have ever given birth to a child? Just hand raise. Okay, yeah, yeah. See, there's no, nobody in here going, well, I didn't, there's this one. I don't know what that, I don't know what that was. No, it's like, uh-huh. Yeah, I did it. Ladies, was it a process? Yeah, because there was conception. Oh, it got quiet. We don't, we're not going to talk about that. Don't worry. Don't worry. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Maybe what was involved, what wasn't involved, but there was conception. And then there was the discovery phase, right? Like you don't have like a dot on your hand with like red and green. Like you were like, I, I ain't feeling it. I ain't feeling good. And so during your lunch break, you went to Walmart, bought 17 pregnancy tests, <laughs> came home and peed on all of them. Your husband came in and said, what's going on? You said, they're all positive. He passed out. 
You went to the doctor and the doctor confirmed what you already knew because you, you hadn't been feeling good. See, see, but, but just, just a real quick question. You don't have to answer. I don't need, I just, just, did you get pregnant on your own? Yes or no? No. Was, once, once the seed met the egg, something began to come to life. See, once God brings his purpose into us, something begins to come to life. And ladies, while the process at first might have been a little bit uncomfortable, you remember the first time you felt that baby kick? Uh-huh. That's cool. You started, you, you, I remember my sister, when, my, when ne- she was pregnant with my nephew, she's like, come here, come here, come here. I was like, what? She's like, put your hand on my belly. I was like, whoa. No, she's like, no, 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 feel the baby. And I felt, I felt the baby kick. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. She said, watch this. She lays down on the couch, and she's just laying there, and the belly's like this. And she's like, just watch, just watch. And all of a sudden, you saw like a hand or a foot come across like that. And I'd just seen that movie Alien with Sigourney Weaver. I was like, oh, my God. She's like, no, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. But there's some joy involved, right? Am I right? Yes or no? Yeah. But then there's an eight or ninth month. Was anybody comfortable month eight or month nine? No, let me help you. You weren't comfortable and neither was anyone in your house or anyone that was around you during that period. And then you gave birth to the baby. Was that painful? Yeah, except for those of you who had epidural. I ain't judging. I just think whatever you get, the husband should get double. I'm just throwing that out there. But didn't the pain go away as soon as you held that child? As soon as you held that baby? Wasn't there joy? See, that, that's the process. So we know that about children. Why don't we believe that about the work that God wants to do inside of us? See, God wants to put something inside of you, but it's going to take time. And it's going to begin to grow. And it's going to begin to develop. And other people won't understand it because nobody understood that Mary was a virgin with a child. But see, the goal, if your goal in life is to be understood, you will never take a step of faith. And eventually you give birth to what God put inside of you. But let me ask you a question. Ladies, when you give birth to the baby, is the process over? No, it just started. You got to raise that thing. You got to take it home. Right? I was scared to death when they told me to take my dog. I was like, no, we can't take her home. I don't know what to do with this. See, Mary, Mary watched her son grow up, and he lived in obscurity for 33, or for 30 years. And then he stepped into ministry, and Mary didn't even understand it. In fact, there's, there's a couple stories where her and her sons try to go get um, Jesus and bring him home. And then when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says Mary was there. She saw her son publicly executed. At that point, let me guarantee you something. She thought this promise was done. She, she watched her son die. The angel told her he was going to be the son of God that saved the world, and she saw him die. Do you think she gave up? Absolutely she did. Just like some of us have given up because we saw something die. But then three days later, when he pulled off that whole resurrection thing, it changed her life and all of our lives. You know why? Because no word from God will ever fail. God just wants to be Lord, and being Lord is just saying yes and letting the breath come into you, and then letting him, letting the hand of God or the hands of God work in your life.
This is a, it's a complex instrument to play. But, but we're all complex people as well, aren't we? Some of you should have said yes, but you can't because you're sitting next to your spouse. The Holy Spirit breathes in. But eventually, eventually, you can begin to d- distinctively tell the sounds that the Holy Spirit, because when the hands move, when the hands move and the hands know what they're doing, it can make a difference. Took me all week to learn that. Sometimes God has some fun with you because some of you are characters. He just wants to be like, See, he can, he can play stuff if we'll just allow the breath to come into us and his hands to work on us. In time, the noise that we make actually is music that's beautiful and it impacts everybody in the world. The key to this passage, though, the, the thing that makes it work is Mary's response. Because I can tell you that God has a plan for your life all day. But Mary responded, and the Bible says, Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. In other words, Mary just looked at the angel and had a very simple answer. Yes. If I'm the instrument, you want to breathe into me through your Holy Spirit, you want your hands on me, moving me to obedience over time. Then the answer is yes. The answer is yes. And the beautiful thing about this instrument is it's not the only instrument. There's other instruments. There's drums. There's bass. There's guitars. There's keys. And by itself, the keyboard can't do anything. But when the right hands are on it, Johnny, just play something. Just see it. That was good. I I can't do that. That keyboard could never accomplish that by itself, right? It had to have something guiding it. But then when all the instruments start working together, I mean, when all the instruments say yes, it impacts everyone around us.
I'll prove it to you. Just, um, what about this? Jesus, today I'm so thankful that you have a plan for every single person in this room. You created us on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose, and I pray, Jesus, that right now, that that we would just say yes. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I don't know where you are in your spiritual walk, but wherever it is, maybe you just need to say yes to Jesus right now. Yes to him to coming into your life. Yes to taking your next step. Yes, Jesus, breathe into me. Yes, Jesus, have your way in me. Yes, Jesus, do what you want to do in me. You just, right now, the prayer in your heart just needs to be yes, whatever that is. And you know what that is if you've been walking with the Lord. Maybe it's the conversation. Maybe it's the step of faith. Whatever it is, right now, in your own way, just right where you're standing, just say yes. Just say yes, Lord, if that's, if that's how your heart has moved today. Just say yes. 
Father, I want to thank you today for an environment where we can show up and we can just say yes to you. Father, I pray that every single person here today would walk out of this place filled with hope, filled with joy, filled with knowing that they are a beautiful instrument created by you on purpose, with a purpose for a purpose, and that immeasurably more is in store. Even during the times that we don't understand, even in the times where we fight and we struggle, Jesus, may we continue to say yes. And everyone in the agreed said, amen. Hey, before you leave today, if you need to talk with someone or pray with someone specifically about the yes that God spoke into your heart, we have members of our care team all along the back wall that are identified with lanyards that would love to pray with you or for you. Um, if that's not you, the rest of us, are you, are you glad you came to church today? Because I'm glad you came to church today. I hope you all have a great, great week, and we'll see you all back here next Sunday. God bless.